Welcome to the Sum It Up Podcast. This is where we're talking about movies, shows, games, the stock market, and whatever the heck we want. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. I'm joined by a good friend, John, and I am Chris, and we are your co-hosts for today. John, how are you doing with those stonks? Chris, I didn't, I didn't know we were talking about stocks today. I'm, I'm wildly unprepared for this. I have no savings, no no future. I don't I don't know what a stock is. What what's going to happen, Chris? So the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because it has been in the news a lot and it's actually it's very interesting because it is not really getting the due justice that it is on your on your news websites, you know, people say mainstream media. It doesn't matter if it's coming from Fox, CNBC, what CNN and CNBC is in a lot of trouble for misrepresenting what is happening but there's just a lot of a lot of traditional outlets that are not doing justice and there's a lot of speculation why but here i've been hearing on many many podcasts about this i've been hearing people who i watch who are into stocks who are speaking out about this because right now there is a war and you have to decide which war you're on and just like many years ago where it was the occupy wall street movement and for a lot of different reasons people went out there and they were against the one percent the 99 percent against the one percent it is coming up again but instead of this time occupying a space outside of wall street where it really doesn't affect their dollar now it does and so we're gonna talk about it john are you ready i'm ready to occupy subreddit wall street all right. Well, speaking of subreddit, this is where it all starts. So there is a there is a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. And so they it's a bunch of redditors. It's a, a decent sized community for Reddit communities. And they decided they they figured out that there are hedge funds and and hedge funds are basically these vulture type of investment firms that prey on companies that are fallen by the wayside, companies that are in terrible shape. And that's why there's the analogy that hedge funds are like vultures. They go after companies that are failing. Think of your Sears. Think of your, your JCPenney's. I think your GameStop, your Blockbuster. These are all companies that associate with hedge funds. And when a hedge fund invests and takes ownership, that's when you know your company is officially dead. Uh, so what these hedge funds, and you need to have context out these hedge funds on the stock market, they basically do, instead of buying stocks, they short stocks. And what that means is that they're basically betting on the stock to get worse. And that's how they make their money. That's how they make their billions is that, Hey, there's not really a market for a Sears or whatever. So we're going to bet that it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Just an example. So hedge funds are the ones who are doing the opposite of what the market usually is for, which is, hey, the market's doing really good. Let's buy right now. Hedge funds are like, we're going to find specific companies that are doing terrible and we're going to bet on them to continue to lose. So that's a little bit of 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 some technical stuff you need to know. So Wall Street bets, uh, they figure out that these hedge funds are invested in certain companies like GameStop. And so the community comes together and they say okay on on this day on tuesday of of this january day we are gonna 
start buying GameStop stocks. Um, I think they started last Friday. And then as the market's kind of like we get the, the stock market, you can't buy or sell on the weekend. When it opened back up on Monday, it just exploded. And it going into Tuesday and Wednesday, it, it just funneled into the everyday investor. So uh, these this uh, Wall Street Bets subreddit, wanted to stick it to the hedge funders and they drastically raised the price of the GameStop stock. So hard to say the GameStop <laughs> GameStop stocks. They say raised that the price fast. I, Oh man, I would die. My tongue would, would crap out. It would be bad, but the GameStop stocks were raised by these, by these Redditors. They bought more stocks. And what happens is, is that the day traders and the people who watch the stock market who are not on the subreddit are looking at the GameStop stock going up. So what happens? They start buying and it creates a a perfect storm type of situation. And it it everyone starts jumping on. So a stock, the GameStop stock was at a, around like 20 bucks, 18 bucks the beginning of January. It was much lower last year because uh it because you know there were no consoles coming out consoles come out people invest a little bit more in game stock because they generally do better when consoles are being sold like the ps5 and xbox uh series x and so they hit a peak the GameStop stock hit a peak of 340 bucks <laughs> in the middle of the week and it was getting so crazy that some of the platforms tried to stop the trading and Robinhood is one of those platforms one of those brokers that people have this Robinhood app where you can put in orders and you could sell or buy and there's no like $10 fee like you get with a Fidelity uh, trade or uh, what is it TD Ameritrade is one as an example uh, do you understand that John like if yes you to, I do yeah so they'll, they'll charge you a fee for putting in an order or whatever uh, with Robinhood there is no fee because they just take they just take the data of trends and they sell that to companies so these hedge funders are getting pissed and they're whining because they're losing they're losing millions and if and even though it can be speculated probably billions of dollars hedge funds and hedge fund is probably the war is one of the more hated occupations out there because they ruin people's lives you know, if your business is not doing so well and a hedge fund invests in you and they take over your company, it's over. People lose jobs and the company shuts down. It's terrible. So uh, it is it has been a huge fight and people are describing uh, these Redditors as millennials. People our age, John, who are just financially secure and they want to they want to occupy Wall Street. <laughs> they're playing they're playing the traditional Wall Street game. And so that's what's been happening this week. And the big fuss comes from Robinhood, where in the stock market, trades are sometimes suspended because uh, stocks are being so volatile or the market is being so volatile. It's happened before. It, it's ha it happened, you know, last year with what happened with COVID. You know, the stock market's like, hey, we're going to delay trading for a few hours because all the stocks on the stock market are going nuts. But that's the stock market stopping trading or suspending trading for a few hours or whatever it might be. 
This was a broker. This was an app where you can sell and buy. And a lot of the traditional media outlets, which is I'm bringing up this comparison because it's important, are saying that they froze trading. That is not true. That is a misrepresentation. They got rid of the buy option. So the only option you had was to either the only options were you can hold on to your game stock GameStop stock or you can sell it. So you can hold on to the stock or you can sell it. You couldn't buy it anymore. So the stock stopped at, you know, a peak of whatever 340 bucks. And Robinhood market it was doing a a obvious market manipulation. They didn't freeze trading. No, they still allowed you to sell. You just couldn't buy. And that is market manipulation. So a bunch of people who had in, were investing, seeing it going up, are now starting to lose a ton of money. This broker app screwed them out of more earnings. And, and buying stocks in the stock market, yeah, it's gambling. But these Redditors were playing the hedge funds at their own game. And the hedge funds are so powerful that they were able to stop the trading. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to get into more detail, but I, I'm just, I want to get your thoughts already of what of what you heard before and now what you're hearing no i mean it it was just them getting played like you said like getting played at their own game where someone was basically shorting the hedge funds and and betting <laughs> against them losing um and they didn't like it so they just like you i like your thought like you said like they manipulated the market to stop people from profiting off of their losses and in a free market society that should not be allowed to happen people like want to preach all day about capitalism and free market and blah 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 but then when something like this happens and it really shines a light on um and like I, this is gonna sound like i'm sitting here talking like bernie sanders but like it shines a light on the fact that like if people in power are losing that power or the money that they have the capabilities of shutting it down and and people like us should not be allowed to have that type of power in their eyes um so i i am a hundred percent against this entire situation um i think if they didn't want to be here then they shouldn't be shorting companies like they are um i i don't really believe that that is like the best use of um like time and resources um, I mean, it's basically trying, it's like you said, like it's, it's profiting off of someone's failures, um, and like them just being vultures of the stock market, stock market. So I, it's them kind of reaping what they've sown this entire time. And I, I really don't have a problem with it at all. Yeah. And so that, that comes back around. So we're going to get into more depth about Robin Hood and why they chose to freeze trading. A lot of people, why is Robin Hood doing this? Because Robin Hood has blown up in the past few years because you know i think robin hood like in 2014 was coming out or you know it's been around for more than you know five years and the robin hood app is everywhere because like places like td ameritrade you have to pay you have to pay that small that small fee for you know putting in orders so robin hood as as people investigate it is is got one of its prime investors is uh is a hedge fund I believe it's melvin capital 
And Melvin Capital is one of the more successful hedge funds or the the prime hedge fund out there. It's like the it's the big shark. It's it's the the big man on the block. And so people speculate that Melvin Capital as an investor went to Robinhood and be like, you better shut this down right now. And it did. It, 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 it did happen. You know, you you know, it doesn't take a it doesn't take a physicist to figure out that one plus one equals two. Uh, the writing is on the wall here. This is market manipulation. And you have an investor in Robinhood who is a hedge fund who is hemorrhaging losses here. Huge losses from these stocks. And it's not just GameStop. It's the, the stocks that were targeted were AMC theaters. Mm-hmm. You have Nokia, BlackBerry, uh, and... People even joked about Blockbuster stock, and then the people realized that Blockbuster still has a stock, and it was pretty funny. But uh, while people are talking about the memes are great and everything, this is traditional Wall Street trying to shut down what is called the retail investor. And a retail investor is the everyday man investor, not like these bigwigs. The retail investors who use the Robin Hoods. And going over more things... People have complained already to the SEC, which is the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission, not the football conference. Uh, uh, they've put complaints to FINRA, and there's already a class action lawsuit out there because people lost a ton of money because of what Robinhood did. It's market manipulation. You're, uh, you're directly affecting the market, not only because they got rid of the buy option, you could still sell and hold on to your stock. They didn't just say you can't sell or buy. You can only sell or hold. Yeah. That's market manipulation. It can't go any up. It can only go down. Market manipulation. Like the stock market, they'll freeze all trading. They don't just freeze buying or selling. They freeze all of it when the stock market does it. This is something we've never seen before. And if you have people like AOC and... and Ted Cruz, even though she had a quip against him, if you have congressmen who hate each other's guts agreeing that there is a problem here by these hedge funds on social media, you know you are in you are in the wrong corner or people despise them. And it, it transcends more than just stocks. It transcends uh, sports too, like the New York uh, the owner of the New York Mets. Uh, is 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 owns a hedge fund 0.72 and or is manages a hedge fund i don't know what the technicalities are but he's in with the hedge fund 0.72 is his hedge fund and on twitter i think on tuesday he was he was quoted as egging on like you know keep keep it coming folks like he was egging on the retail investors to keep trying that no matter what they did nothing bad was going to happen and then he exited Twitter, I think, uh, yesterday. He exited Twitter citing that he had threats against his family, which I got to admit, you know, threatening his family and all that stuff, terrible. But he's also a terrible man because he's he's basically flaunting it. He's, he's, he's antagonizing these people who are not billionaires. This guy, and he's the, he's the richest owner in baseball. His net worth is like $14.2 billion, this man, who is laughing 
at the retail investor saying that they can't win. And he exits Twitter because people threaten his family. I'm not saying the man deserves to have his family threatened. That's terrible. But this man is also, at the same time, a terrible man and a joke. And it, it th this is the light that's being shined on these Wall Street people. And it goes into the NBA. Someone, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about the people who know more about this. People like your Mark Cuban's Shark Tank. Elon Musk is involved in this now. Elon Musk is egging on, not egg encouraging is the right word, encouraging retail investors to stick it to traditional Wall Street. Because now tech companies in Silicon Valley are starting to kind of help push this Reddit community and other normal retail investors to stick it to the Wall Streeters. You know, these are the people that we've bailed out and, uh, and the big bailouts that happened, what was it, 2009, John? Yeah. Yeah, with the recession. Yeah, with the recession. These bankers, these these people who play on Wall Street and with stocks. And so Silicon Valley, one of the, I, I don't know, but someone from Silicon Valley who is part NBA owner, um, I forget his name, but there's people describing that. And this is a terrible job on me, but it's just something we need to talk about. You know, these are things I've, I've been listening to podcasts. I've been listening to people who I watch play video games talk about it because they're retail investors, too. And they're just so pissed off um, that they're saying the Silicon Valley investors are saying that, you know, Wall Street hedge funds have been doing this for years. They're upset that they're going to be at their own game. And the other thing is, is that they they go to these meetings every year very exclusive meetings these hedge fund managers go to these meetings uh the doors are closed and they you know go through an a, th a thousand slideshows or uh, a powerpoint with a thousand slides on it about how they're going to manipulate the market they never get caught they never get in trouble they manipulate the market in a legal way they legally do it and so does there need to be regulation sure maybe who knows like the stock market is insane but they're trying to stop the normal everyday man from getting in on their massive profits and people are fighting this fight and you know to have people like mark cuban come out elon musk and be like, uh, mark cuban can always be like i'm not getting involved because it, it, it'll destroy it can destroy a portfolio and he's like he's he was explaining the situation in a way where it's like you know I'm not going to have my portfolio mess with that, but it is incredibly interesting to see what's happening on. Elon Musk is part of the Silicon Valley. People are trying to get rid of this old money because hedge funds ruin businesses. If you're in Silicon Valley and you have a business, you're a programmer or anything like that, you don't want your business to be destroyed. Um, tech companies don't want that happening. They don't want hedge funders coming after their companies if they start failing. Nobody wants that happening. People who... Uh, whether it's like the uh, shoe retailers or whatever retailers are out there, if it's Coach, maybe one day Coach isn't a good company, hedge funds are going to come after it. Hedge funds come after everything. And it is very, it is very alarming to see uh, a news outlet. And I use, I'll explain this, I use the BBC News, which is a British broadcasting communications. I use that for most of my news. Just putting it out there i don't go to american news outlets for my news unless it's very very local because i would rather just have international people explain it and plus when i read articles i can 
I think I can tell there's a bias or not, and that helps me frame what perspective I'm going for. And to see the BBC kind of gloss over some details about how hedge funds were losing a lot of money because of rogue investors on Reddit. And, you know, they, they, they basically give a big summary of the situation and they leave out the Robin Hood part until the very end. They don't put it in the timeline of their article until the end. They say they're like, oh, these, these investors are outraged uh, because, you know, these hedge, these hedge funders have stuff. They just gloss over these very important facts. And it was very disappointing for me to read this BBC article gloss over it. Um, CNBC also ran a report about how uh, I believe it was Melvin Capital, which is the the big hedge fund on the fund, on big hedge fund on the block, saying that we are pulling out all of our investments, which was a false report. They pulled out some of their hedge fund investments, hoping that redditors would see that, be excited, you know, start selling their stocks, and they could you know cover some of the losses that they made. Because right now, hedge funds are are selling stocks and other stuff that they have to just cover their losses from the terrible shorting that they had with GameStop, GameStop and other stocks like AMC. So mm-hmm. CNBC, whether they knew it or not, ran a bogus report from them. Whether they did it themselves or whether Melvin Capital deceived them, it's, it's astounding the amount of bs that's out there and wall street freelance reporters are uh, i heard some i heard a, a bloomberg analyst say he can't help but laugh and, and as trying to be an objective reporter it it is something that people are kind of excited for there is a giddiness to it where seeing wall street get played at their own game and i know i've been talking for a long time but I just wanted to talk about this because it is important that people report on this correctly. And I know people are going to take it from different angles and it's he said, she said, I got this all from sources that I trust. People who are in sports radio commenting on the New York Mets owner, people from sports radio commenting on the Silicon Valley's in the, the Silicon Valley owners in the NBA who also have owners in the NBA like Michael Jordan, who has a minority investor from hedge funders. So Michael Jordan is in league which hedge, with hedge funder, hedge funders, hedge funds as well. So, so much skipping over words. I'm so passionate right now, John. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it permeates a lot of different industries. And I've been listening to podcasts and experts and the normal day retail investors, like on Twitch, if you go to see Bruce Green, you know, he's someone who's in the gaming community who talked about how people are getting screwed and he didn't lose he didn't like lose any money or anything but he's saying for people that he knows or the normal retail investors this is terrible what these hedge funders have done to stop them with robin hood and there's going to be a bunch of people on that class action lawsuit and uh it's just good to bring attention to the people out there that this is a moment that we need to be watching these billionaires how they make their money against the american people and uh, that's that's what I want to talk about. If you're interested, please look at all the avenues. Uh, go onto the subreddit itself. There's posts that have like 
part five posts and there's thousands of comments on each part one, part two, part three. Like go through that, see all the sources. And, and if you can find reporters who are not, find freelance reporters, find people who are not like part of the CNBCs, the Foxes, the CNNs, even the BBC who is not, not representing this quite well. And I'm, I'm very disappointed. Uh, look for look for all the information that you can and even look at normal people on the internet who might be a cooking uh who might do a cooking show who might have stocks and they have an opinion about it because like i said i'm seeing people in gaming who do stocks and they're putting their opinions out there it's important uh but i'll get off my soap box here john and allow you to talk after i ranted for 20 minutes 25 <laughs> 20 plus minutes Give me your thought. Give me more thoughts about now knowing a little bit more since I last asked you. I mean, I, I just have two kind of short thoughts. One, I'm excited about my 1499 uh, class action lawsuit uh, return <laughs> and fully per- plan on participating. And two, um, I did read something where it's kind of interesting that this circumstance may be what's going to prolong AMC's lifespan. Um, just with like literally about to being like, they were about to be out of money, uh, this month. And then this comes along and potentially saves them. Um, I think it's just kind of an interesting turn of events and kind of curious to see where that goes from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hope like there, it's just so crazy, man. Like there are so many things in the, in the last year, especially, um, that have happened that I really hope will have lasting um, ramifications because i think in today's day and age it's really easy for people to just go a squirrel and look at the next thing and forget about some major event that has just happened in their life um, and i really hope that people will take a look at this and really absorb it and um, learn from it and that things will actually change from here on out and and that it won't just be like a, like a two-week discussion that people have about how there needs to be uh, like laws changed or uh, sec- more security put in place or something and that we just kind of slowly let it fade out of our minds to where eventually it just goes right back to where it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, who knows? I, it, time will tell about all these things, but it's like you said, it's definitely important, something that people need to educate themselves on and be aware of. Um, and, I mean, if nothing else kind of gets me thinking like, man, I- probably should have invested in something like that because you, you never know um but yeah definitely definitely a pretty interesting topic yeah for sure and it and it does relate to movies it does relate to gaming and that's what we talk about from time to time on here so it's movies and shows and whatever the heck we want and, and whatever was, the heck we want you that know? was whatever the heck we wanted that was whatever the heck we wanted that was the segment so uh I'm trying to think if I have any final thoughts. Just educate yourself. Look at it. If you know someone in your family who is wondering why all this stock stuff happened and maybe they missed out, tell them about the class action lawsuit if they used Robin Hood. Or actually just tell them about the class action lawsuit in general. If you're doing TD Ameritrade and Robin Hood screws you over because now the price is going down, which affects your stock, maybe you can get on the class action lawsuit. And uh, whether there's going to be regulation or not, um, I, there's a way to fight back now against these jerks. So, I don't know. We'll stay tuned. Hopefully this doesn't, like you say, get 
thrown by the wayside like other things in our history over the past decade have happened. I remember just a quick, quick, quick story. I remember being in a class. Uh, I remember talking about the Arab Spring when I was in college. And it had started the year before I had entered college. And we were, you know, talking about it and how it had affected Syria and a bunch of other countries and how it was kind of a weird thing of how the Arab Spring started with all those protests and regimes falling apart. Syria is still in civil war and it's been over nine years. And some people just forget about it, you know, like it's not yeah. part like you have no idea. And it, it's also Yemen too. the, what's going on in Yemen is terrible and people just forget about it after they hear this first story they're just like ah oh. you know the air spring was huge in 2011 it was all over the news Syria civil war in 2012 and here I am in a class learning about it and I it's incredible that nine years later it is still going on nine years is a long time it's more than the seven years war well, obviously, <laughs> longer than and, and obviously the scale is not as huge, but it's still very important to not let these moments in history just pass us by. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what can just pass us by, John? There's the segue. Snyder Cut announced oh. for March. I think it's 18th. You know, a couple days after Pi Day. Tell me, John. Are you excited for Snyder Tuck? Snyder Tuck? Snyder Cut? <laughs> Snyder Tuck. Everything Snyder? I mean, it was nice to know that it was going to be a one and done kind of thing and not drawn out into like a four or five part miniseries. Um, I think that's just kind of naturally going to flow better. And it also means I don't have to pay for more than a month of HBO uh, Max again. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, in that sense, I mean... I, I don't really have feelings. I mean, besides the fact that it's a one and done and it's not a miniseries, that really wasn't that big of a surprise. I mean, like we knew it was going to come in March or April. Um, it was just a matter of when exactly they were going to have it done. But I, I'm i excited to just sit down, watch one four-hour thing, and just be done with it. And then maybe we can all kind of go back into our normal lives. Because I think... I. Th- I mean, I think if nothing else, the fact that it's not a miniseries means it's going to be out of the cultural zeitgeist and conversation a lot faster. And maybe we can kind of get past this whole craze of every director needs to have their own personal cut of their film put out because, of course, it's better than what the studio did. And I, I like the optimist in me is very hopeful that maybe this will be better than what we actually got. But the realist in me is like, I really just don't care enough at this point. I mean, it's been talked about for so long that there's no way I feel like it can actually live up to the hype that people have been and like mystique that people have surrounded it with. And that we're just going to see an average Justice League film that is still like only a fraction of the story that Zack Snyder wanted to tell in a three-part movie series. Um, So one longer movie is not going to make the difference i think long term and we're still going to go in a different direction they're still going to pivot story-wise about what they wanted to do we're still going to get recasts 
Uh, Ray Fisher's still not going to be in the Justice League from here on out. And, I mean, this is just going to be a moment, and then we're going to move past it, and that's it. There's no plan. Absolutely no plan. And I, I've doubled down on this before, and it's and we didn't talk about it that much when the when the news dropped about how and I think this was a couple weeks ago how they said oh it's no longer going to be a four part series it's now going to be like a a full four hour experience. We are two months away, and you've changed your mind. What is it? Once, twice on this matter of how it's going to be released. There's no plan. This is. <laughs> You cannot convince me otherwise. This is terrible planning. And normally, where there's smoke, there's fire. I I'm I am so skeptical of this movie. And even at the same time, John, isn't isn't uh isn't Godzilla versus Kong coming out in the same month? Yeah, no, so I'm a hundred percent gonna get HBO Max to watch Godzilla versus Kong and then just will happen to have watched the Snyder cut and then that's it. This makes no sense business wise. I, I don't understand why these are coming out at the same time. Delay Justice League to, to April. Delay uh Kong uh, Godzilla and Kong to April. Do something. Don't put these in the same month. What are you doing, Warner Brothers? What I don't get yeah, it. Yeah. That's I, very I, true. I hadn't ever thought about that, like the proximity of those two. But you're right, the, they're going to cannibalize on each other's sales um, or or whatever you want to call it for HBO Max, the viewership. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely going to negatively affect it. So um, I don't know if maybe they're trying to tank the idea that or the, like the support that Snyder had for his cut of the film. Um, maybe they're trying to fudge the numbers so that it looks like Godzilla vs. Kong actually had more and the Snyder cut had less or what they want to do but it, you're right like it doesn't seem like this was well thought out in, in a way that was planned to make it succeed yeah yeah it's it's very very confusing uh i was just looking up so they're gonna release this a day after saint patrick's day so we're all gonna be super drunk while we watch this or like super hungover while we watch this maybe that'll help the reviews i don't know i'm just I just am so skeptical of this, but uh, let's segue to something that is maybe just as mediocre. We don't know, but speaking of Warner Brothers, <laughs> trailer for uh, Godzilla versus Kong or Kong versus Godzilla. I don't know. That's how much I care about this. John, are you excited after watching this trailer <laughs> where we're going to have probably Mecha Godzilla and it's going to be about the humans, which nobody ever likes. Oh, we're 100% going to have Mechagodzilla. I mean, they seem to give away basically the entire plot in this one short trailer. I mean, I was, I'll say, I was excited to see the trailer initially before I actually heard it. And then um, you and I were talking, when, when I heard the music play, it sounded like what they would have done for a Fast and Furious movie back in the early 2000s. And... I immediately got turned off. I mean, it sounded like they took everything right that they did for like Pacific Rim one and then just completely flipped it around and thought, no, this, this is all a good choice. Let's do this. Um, They're turning I mean, their monster franchise 
into the same thing Pacific Rim did. Where it's like, Pacific Rim 1, cult classic. Pacific Rim 2, terrible. Yep. 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 I immediately got Pacific 2 Rim vibes from War this War ready. War ready. That's right. War <laughs> ready. I can, I will never forget that, that trailer because that music was so repetitive. And I'm like, oh, poor John Boyega. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I will say that trailer was a cool one the first time you watched it. And then it just got, like you said, really repetitive. And you remembered how repetitive it was. With this one, it just felt like, um, like there's so much potential, but that, they just chose to show off like cheesy moments or things that gave away too much of the plot. Like if you're going to have these two giant, um, like just entities pitted against each other, then just show, just tease the idea that, that the fight is going to happen. Don't show me too much of it. Don't show me one besting the other, because I don't even want to have an opinion about uh, like a strong opinion about who's going to win. But this, I think they pretty much gave away that Kong is going to come out the victor in this because he's got tools. He made an axe from one of Godzilla's dorsal fins that can absorb the atomic breath. So he's got that over him. I think Godzilla's going to beat him in the, the aircraft carrier fight because they're in the middle of the ocean. And that Kong is going to get away, go to those um, under the earth, like the interconnected inner earth uh, tunnels and, um, find out more about Godzilla and get a way to beat him by building that axe. He's going to come up. They're going to fight. He's going to beat Godzilla. They're going to release Mechagodzilla, who was the thing that Godzilla was trying to stop by um, destroying all of those apex bases. And um, and Godzilla is barely going to be able to contribute, but together they're going to have to do it together. They're going to have to finally fight Mechagodzilla, who I feel like is going to be a cheesy CGI thing anyways. Um oh. My hope was that they were like trying to tease maybe the Godzilla we saw was Mechagodzilla in hiding and that they were using Mechagodzilla to frame and change the public perception of Godzilla. But with this, like the more I sit there and watch it and analyze it, it just seems like Godzilla's just being misunderstood. He's destroying Apex bases to try and take away the threat of Mechagodzilla and no one else can, no one else understands his motives. But, um, King and Kong just kind of get into a fight because they happen to get in each other's way. And it's just a whole misunderstanding that could be resolved with one conversation, just like Batman for well, Superman. They had the in the trailer, it was like, there can only be one king. Yeah, yeah. Why does a god a god does not bow to a king or something like that? Yeah, and it's, they made King Kong like what, four times the size that he's supposed to be, so he can have a fair fight against Godzilla? Well, yeah, and granted, like he was an ad- they established him as an adolescent in his first film, so like you know that he's going to continue growing, which makes sense. And he does look very aged, like he's got that gray beard. You know that he's been through some stuff. Um, somebody also posed the theory that maybe, like, because in all of Godzilla's prior movies, there was always multiple of them. Like there was the there was the main Godzilla and there was a baby. So maybe, um, maybe one of them. Like, maybe it's a misdirect, and the one we've been seeing is actually the baby, or it's the the real thing. And so maybe we're going to see a smaller or a bigger version of Godzilla come into play. Who knows? Um, but then I also went back and watched uh, King of the Monsters, and I think we talked about this on a prior episode, and I was wrong, where I went back and, and counted 
all of the heads of Ghidorah got destroyed. And then somehow they came up with a full intact one at the end of the movie in that post credit scene. And that's somehow what they were able to use to further like their studies at technologies. So that doesn't even make sense. They're like they're contradicting themselves in their own movie, which just leads me to believe that they don't know what they're doing with this movie either. John, you are speaking Klingon to me. That's how much I care about <laughs> this type of universe that we're getting. I just, I don't know. It's such a weird thing where people just want to see a movie where things beat each other up, but they're getting these convoluted plot lines. And I, you know what? I'm probably going to watch this movie while I'm playing Minecraft or something in the background. Like, I'll be playing Minecraft and have this going in the background. That's how much I care. I mean, they have some decent actors in there, but they're just, it, no one cares about them because the, the story's so weird. Well, that's the thing, like, if the human element was either like smaller or or like more interesting i think it would it would be a lot more relatable for people but it just seems like people are just kind of whining and not really contributing to anything um or they're they're not the motives aren't really being understood oh, very well i get it no, no no this is you know how like pacific rim people are like oh it's like anime right okay godzilla and all of that monster stuff, that is Western anime. So well, it means it's terrible. That's what Kong was created for, was America's answer to Godzilla and kind of entering into that craze. Um, but which, got, I mean, like Godzilla was uh, um, like a, not like a caricature, but it was a representation of like nuclear, um, uh, like the fear of atomic bombs in in japan um after hiroshima and nagasaki and um it was kind of like a like a i don't even know how to say it but like a um like a wartime message like warning against nuclear warfare um and then kong came around and was like americanized he was like an americanized version of that um and which didn't really even make sense because it wasn't based off of those same fears um that Godzilla was created out of. So like the entire franchise is just founded on this like misunderstood, like convoluted mess that has changed so much over the decades that like modern day audiences have no idea about that. And then people that did understand what that was about, like really appreciated the first Godzilla movie because it was a great homage to those prior films. And now it's just, it's morphed into this whole like Pacific Rim giant monster fighting Power Ranger mess but less pacific rim yes yes like atlantic rim atlantic rim yeah and i think about it maybe i'm the odd one out there but i really enjoyed guillermo del toro's uh kong movie even though it was like what three hours long yeah but you're right like it was a good emotional story that like the human element of it was something that was relatable and connectable or connective to the main story about kong and Kong itself is, I think, much more emotive and relatable than Godzilla because he's more human than Godzilla. Like, he can communicate and he has facial expressions and, like, you can really, like, convey emotion and thought through and him. You, you feel bad for Kong. You feel bad for what he goes through. And, you know, they kind of... The audience is a con... The audience's feelings for Kong are kind of, like shoved through the 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 actress who 
Kong, the the damsel who Kong falls for, tries to protect. Like all of our feelings for Kong are are shoved through her to be like, we don't want you to get hurt, Kong. Like, don't do it. Don't don't go up. And we also feel the same thing through a lot of the other characters too. And you see like this small group that get to know Kong, and you see them feel for him, and they just don't want to see him be used as like this slave after they realize what they've done it's kind of like you know buyer's remorse of like oh no what have we done uh and you know the rest of the world loves it but i don't it just when i look at this stuff it just looks like western anime which is just cartoons that are infused with like telenovelas and like gray's anatomy type of drama i'm just like this is kind of boring i'm not enthused about this like yeah it's it's just not it's it's the trash it's trash television infused with my monster movie and i don't appreciate it i would almost rather they have like no human characters in these films especially this one and just focus on the conflict and if you could have like a near silent movie um and and successfully portray the emotion and through line that you want to have in a film like this I think that would be a much bigger success than what we're probably going to get. I would agree. I would definitely agree with that comment. But going on to a movie that probably will not be as bad and probably is going to be the best thing that we talk about today, let's talk about Raya and the Last Dragon. Is that what it's called? Raya and the Last Dragon? Yeah. It is. Yes. So a lot has not been known about this movie until we got a trailer drop this week. And... This is the same studio that did Frozen, that did Moana from Disney. So now we get Raya and the Last Dragon. And instead of it being like, it, we get to see that there's a little bit more to it. There are different factions. There are different tribes that hate each other. And it's all about bringing them together. And there's a rogue force that's trying to use uh, this dragon for evil. I was, this plot we've seen before, John. But I wonder I, where. <laughs> But I am excited. Yeah, was people were saying like it's Avatar, right? It's Avatar. I mean, this is basically Avatar mixed with Mulan. Is the vibe I'm getting? Yeah, but uh, you know, everything about it looks kind of really cool. I, I thought it was gonna be a lot dar- darker until they introduced the dragon in the trailer, which the dragon is kind of lame. Which is my only critique of it. But besides that, Riot seems like a total badass, and I. I'm really excited for her character in the story. And I don't you know, know who uh, portrays R- uh, Raya? Oh, it, it was it Kelly Marie Tran? Yeah, so I'm yes. glad she's finally getting some really good roles after Star Wars. Oh, you know what? Let's, let, yeah, she she deserves a good role, and uh, yeah, you know, Luke, we we don't we don't we don't acknowledge the bad things that no, we do acknowledge the bad things that Lucasfilm does. We put their nose in it. <laughs> so that they know never to do it again yeah man there's so so many good names attached to this like so she is raya the dragon is played by aquafina Gemma chan is um like basically the killmonger of the story like the main antagonist that is supposed to be really relatable and oh, i'm so excited you... for the battle oh my gosh man like the action looks so good um this is the studio's first film in five years um so like obviously they've been working on it for quite some time now um i am i am here for this kind of story man like but the only thing that i'm not a big fan of is the fact that they pulled a mulan 
and that this is going to be behind a paywall of $30, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to like it. Wait, so so that was announced that there's going to be a $30 paywall on Disney Plus. Yes. Yeah, so they're they're doing that premium tier um entry fee basically or whatever they want to call it to where um anybody can watch it, but to kind of recoup from their losses of it not being in theaters, it's it's going to be on that $30 extra fee plan. Wow, that's terrible for movie theaters. I know, man. And see, like, that type of thing just gets me thinking, like, you know, maybe they are going to try something like that, like a dual release. Like, maybe, I hate saying this, but maybe HBO was onto something, and the rest of the world is, like, slowly kind of inching towards that. HBO Uh, is not onto something. (laughs) Well, like, I think think they did it in the wrong way, especially the way they announced it. Absolutely. But... I think that the trend of dual releases between online, like streaming and theater releases where they can be held, mm-hmm. I think that is going to be something that is potentially going to be more um, prominent in this year, and especially this year, maybe not 2022, but um, maybe we'll see Black Widow done that way. And I hate saying that because we just made that bet last week. Um, but the more... Uh, the more they delay, the, the more the, the the more they delay Black Widow, the, it means the more they have to delay the rest of the MCU in Phase Four, and I I don't I hate this. The more I thought about it, the more I don't think they're going to put it off, probably more than another couple months, um, because that means they have to push back the rest of the movies they've put out. And I don't see them delaying three whole films until next year, just because we can't watch it in America in theaters. I'm so um, glad you see it. Well, on, on, I'm so glad you see it that way, John. And I, I say that because I also did some research, and the primary reason why they couldn't, um, like, why they couldn't release it to streaming initially was because Carla Johansson has a clause in her contract saying that it cannot be primarily released on streaming. And so, um, because that, that leaves her out of a lot of cut, or like um, um, a lot of profits later on from the theatrical release. Mm-hmm. So if they can find a way to appease that, that she will agree to, I think they're much more likely to do a dual release. Well, I, I would speculate, and again, speculate being the keyword that this raya uh this movie is going to be the big test for disney because remember they released soul just like out there on disney plus no paywall so they've got so disney now has an example of paywall and no paywall for for mulan and soul and now what they're going to do is try it with raya as a paywall and maybe that's attached to the fact that mulan didn't do well because Mulan was not good. Well, that and that they said almost um, like, I mean, it was prior to the release of it, but they said, all right, so we're going to do it 30 bucks Disney plus this date, but then we're also going to release it for no fee in like a month later. So basically people just had to wait that month and then watch the movie for no extra charge. And I think they should not do that again if they're planning on doing something like this. Um, don't tell us when it's going to be released for free. Just tell us it's going to be released this date for this amount of money, and that's it. Less is more. 
Uh, well, otherwise, is, you're is really... Rye getting a movie? Or is is it getting a theatrical release? I mean, I I, I haven't read one way or the other, but I would assume that um, if they're going to do do it like this, it's probably going straight to streaming only, um, just because. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine them doing it in some markets and not in others. Um, and I, I think, well, I th- the more I think about it, I think they did say back in um, that big investors meeting it, uh, that Kevin Feige did for China, I think um, this is supposed to be just on Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't know of any film that they've come out with or announced that's going to be a dual release just yet. Right, 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 right. We'll have to see. Oh, music is composed by James Newton Howard that'll be very cool to look up yeah that means the music's gonna be so dope oh man yeah the more i learn about this film the more i'm really excited about it i just hate that i have to pay 30 dollars to see it yeah that is that is here you want me to catch you on it i mean we'll, we'll talk about that off air it's yeah, we talk about it. yeah so so that'll be that'll be pretty interesting uh but yeah you know that that's it, it's kind of cool to see this trailer now that we finally got more about it and i'm just so interested in the fighting like because the art style just looks so good and i love that samurai type of feel even though this isn't really samurai ish but it's got the vibes like the straw hat and just into it and just into it yeah yeah we're definitely getting a lot of eastern vibes with this which is will be really really nice um after the bad taste in our mouth from mulan so yeah i I'm super excited to see them kind of like, and this feels weird to say it as me, but I just like culturally, I feel like it's going to do it really well. Um, just, I don't know, man, like when Pixar does a movie, they just do it right. And I think they do representation really well. They, well, um, this isn't, this oh, is Dis- this, not Disney. Uh, uh, yeah. Not Pixar. Well, the, the, yeah, yeah. the thing about this is that this studio has had some good hits with Moana with, uh, with, with frozen you know if they knock it out of the park with ryan the last dragon we really have another we really have another beautiful disney studio that just gets it you know they did the nordic they did the polynesian now we're going towards you know what this eastern culture and it it is really nice to see that the diversity of disney and i mean diversity as in its studios understand diversity Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah I would love to see another. I would love to see there be another premiere studio besides Pixar. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, that'll probably take another couple decades to really build up to that level. But I mean, it it, it would be nice to see some some more competition in that genre. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think if if Raya does really really well, then I think Pixar does have a competitor. It's just going to be a smaller studio. You know, they might not put like pixar does movies all the time well it's putting out probably what was the last last movie besides uh soul Soul. what what was the one before soul though was it inside out um yeah i guess it would be no it was incredibles 2 oh okay yeah that doesn't really count though well uh, my my point is is that pixar puts out more movies than this studio that is doing ryan the last dragon so uh i would assume that and you know once again assuming that the this disney studio is smaller than pixar but if the quality is still there i think it's nice to have them you know duking it out under the same umbrella 
you know, it's more content for us and it's more of a conversation for us to be like, which studio is better? Because that's going to be that's if if Riot really does knock it out of the park, that's going to be the discussion going forward about which studio is better, because we've had that discussion about Pixar and DreamWorks for a long time. Like which studio is putting out the best stuff? People love How to Train Your Dragon. I love Kung Fu Panda. Um, and then, you know, the obvious go Shrek. Yeah. But I mean, I think the difference with this is that Disney and Pixar probably share quite a bit of people and technology and resources. So they don't really care about the conversation of which one's better because they're still profiting off both. Um, Disney, I think, is just directing its resources primarily elsewhere, um, like Star Wars and and um, the Marvel content and animated films like this just kind of happen to be something that they want to put out every once in a while to kind of draw in audiences to that style of, of content. Um, but I think Pixar is their primary tool for putting out animated films. Yeah, yeah. And they have the history there. And it's obviously Disney profits both ways. But I just mean it's a conversation for us, the 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 audience, you know, which is going to be better. I don't know. It's it's fun to have those debates because they have those debates in sports all the time. And they have those debates and a lot of different things. Um, you mentioned Star Wars. And uh, I think, you know, just bouncing a little bit off Star Wars just before we end the podcast. I really am interested to see what they're doing with the High Republic because I've heard a lot of negative things so far, and I think it's coming from the wrong place. Like, people are saying, like, oh, you know, the High Republic is just, like, a bunch of SJW stuff, which I would rather... If that's what your argument is, I really need to read this myself and and see what that's about because whenever people come swinging out the gate with that argument, I honestly just think okay maybe you need to relax here because it's the same thing people said with ray and i and my thing was like i have no problem with ray being a woman i have no problem with the protagonist being a woman i have a problem with the with the writing of the protagonist being god awful mm-hmm. that's and there's so many like female protagonists who just are so great Mulan, the original Mulan, fantastic. And she didn't have to have superpowers to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was the main complaint about the remake for or the live action version of Mulan. So I need to read these because some of the some of the women characters in Star Wars are some of the coolest characters throughout the whole thing. So and people get in on Cara Dune's you know thing but you know you brought up it's acting it's not her and i've even critiqued her acting but i think it's direction but we i don't know we'll see uh, i want to check it out the the high republic stuff are, are you interested in that by any chance yeah i mean i i'm looking forward towards any kind of star wars content that isn't skywalker saga themed and i i am really excited to see like another whole new like a whole new era of star wars um because it's like a different culture basically it's different uh, obviously different characters um so to, to expand on the universe as a whole i think has been a missed opportunity for like decades now in mainstream content and i'm really glad they're finally taking the opportunity now to do it yeah they did they had us uh when i was saying female characters my head blanked and the obvious one is ahsoka tano said she's just 
the she might be the best character in Star Wars right now. Uh, and and she's a she's she's a female character, you know. So and that's get, crazy. Get off like, your SJW crap. I just don't like it when people throw that out as the criticism. It's like, well, you know, how are they doing it or whatever. It's like people when people got the opposite of that was when people got mad. It's like, oh, you know, why why did uh <laughs> why did Lucasfilm at the end of Rise of Skywalker have those two lesbian characters like just like they they kissed or they hugged or they embraced or whatever and they're just people are like it's sjw and then the other side is like it's not enough and i'm like oh this vacuum conversation hurts my brain <laughs> yeah I that no just... one talks about lando wanting to wanted to be creepy to his daughter it's like he's trying to be a sexual predator Ugh. yeah that the whole that whole trilogy I, that's a whole conversation for the time but it was it was definitely something that could have been done better as a whole yeah i don't know show shit you gonna get mad if two mon calamari start kissing like come on <laughs> chris that's oceanist oh what a, a corn and a mon cala can't can't have a relationship is that is that uh the, the equivalent of interracial and inner inner species like come on people like <laughs> whatever there's a woman in kentucky who symbolically married a roller coaster get get off whatever horse you're on i don't care if it's high or low no i, th- I think she was riding pretty high after that marriage <laughs> and then it went low yep very fast that's how roller coasters do it anyways <laughs> um that has been our episode of the podcast uh, a lot of stonk talk mostly dominated by me but then we talked about john's beloved trash fire in the dc and monster movies and then we talked about raya so you know overall pretty diverse i would say podcast john yeah and uh you will be back in the driver's seat next week when hopefully there will be some fun things to talk about oh yeah yep yep it's gonna be good stuff and yeah super bowl predictions you know well maybe we'll talk about that because you're <laughs> all invested. the sports all all the sports Anyways, we'll see what comes out in the news, and uh, we'll check up with you uh, next week. So, so long for now. All right. Bye. Bye.